Amen, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I see we have um, the youth section over here. <clears throat> where, where, where are my young adults? All right. <laughs> A little shy, I see. Okay. Well, <clears throat> God is so good. Let's begin with a word of prayer, and we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Father, I just pray, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. And Father, open up our eyes, our understanding by the Holy Spirit, so that we will grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, it's back to school, and I guess by now, all of you are back in school. College, let me hear, anybody here in college? Only a few? Oh, if you're back in school, you're probably away. So those of you who are in college, hopefully you're watching this. Okay. So, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> well, I'm talking today about strengthening your walk in college or in school. And that's so important because many times, once the school year begins, you get away from your, your routines at home. Once you go away to school, you get away from, you know, those familiar things around you that have held you and sustained you. And many college students and many high school students you begin to drift away from the Lord. Drift away because, you know, you don't have, or you blame, you don't have those Christian friends around you. Or you blame having too much homework. I don't know if you have too much homework anymore in, in public school, uh, but you, you blame having, you know, all these classes that you have to attend. And... In reality, what's happening is you're beginning to pick up some bad habits and lifestyle, etc. Instead of going back to those, those principles, the foundation that you had in God's word. You know, there is really no excuse, but I will show you how you can strengthen your walk in college. I don't mean maintain, I mean strengthen. Yeah. It should get better and better. Amen? The grace of God in our lives sh should grow and grow. So here's a five-point charge for strengthening your Christian walk in college. The first one, find a QT. Find your QT. Oh, what does QT stand for? Well, it stands for quiet time, of course. But quiet time is Christianese for time with the Lord. It doesn't mean getting away uh, behind the television screen and binge-watching your favorite shows. Marvel. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Telling on myself here. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, what you need to do is make sure you're taking time for the Lord. You've got to set a specific time aside. Make that your time. For some people, you know, I used to hear, you know, you got to start the day 
with your quiet time and praying and reading the scriptures, etc. But because of people's schedules and because people, there are some people, they have no energy when they wake up in the morning. Where are my late risers? Okay, that's not me. Where are my early risers? Yeah, okay. But here's the thing. It's not about when you do it, but it's that you do it. So if the best time for you is in the afternoon, carve that time aside in the afternoon. The best time for you is in the evening. Carve that time aside for you and the Lord. That's what's important. Jeremiah 29, verses 12 through 13, the New King James Version says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And listen to this, and I will, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You see, you have to set that time aside. Now, God is calling, but if the busyness of the things in the world and in school, etc., they're going to drown out the voice of God. So you have to seek him. You have to go after him. You need to pursue him. And you'll find that he's been pursuing you all along. So when you seek him, you will find him. He promises that. But he says you need to seek him with all of your heart, with your whole heart. So what do you do? Let's make it practical. Take out your cell phone. Okay? You have the U version. Okay? You can open up your Bible. Some people prefer, you know, the paper version. That's okay. My wife prefers the purple version. I prefer <laughs> my, my uh, devices. But guess what? It's there for you if you actually do something about it. Go after it. Pull it out. You know, I don't know where to start. Just start with five minutes of reading the scripture and then move into playing some of your favorite Christian worship songs. It's on YouTube. Uh, you, maybe you have a Spotify or, a, you know, a, I don't know, uh, Amazon, whatever, Apple account for, for songs. Pull it in that way. There's so many ways that you can do it. And just spend some time worshiping the Lord with those songs. You know, the best times that I have had, the absolute best worship time that I have, as great as worship has been here so many times at IFC, the best times I've had has been when I've been alone by myself. That has taken me from glory to glory into the presence of God where I feel like I can preach and, um, and I can win a million souls by the time I have ended my quiet time. So take that time. Look for that. It's, it's available for you. You know, just read short passages of the Bible. Uh, I like to say, start with the Gospels. And what Gospel do I say start with? Not Matthew. Start with Mark. Well, why Mark? It's the shortest one. <laughs> Come on, let's get real. It's the shortest one, and each chapter is short. Okay? If you go to, if you go to Luke, it's like 52 verses in one chapter. OMG. Okay. 
They probably don't say that anymore. Anyway, <laughs> so I charge you students. What you need to do is you need to make sure that you find your quiet time. But I'm not stopping there. What about you parents? Mm -hmm. I charge you to encourage your students to do the same thing. But, but you have to model it. So if you don't have a quiet time, how do you think you're going to get them to have a quiet time? Amen? I'm, I'm telling on somebody. Okay. So we have a responsibility. And you can do the same thing. If you don't have an established quiet time, if you're not spending time with the Lord on a daily basis, begin with five minutes. That's all you have to do. Eventually, what happens is that time becomes so sweet, you don't want to stop. And if you have class in the next 10 minutes, you may have to find yourself ripping yourself away from that time with the Lord. Second point, second charge I have for you. Find a comrade. Now, I use the word comrade instead of friend because there are all kinds of friends. But to me, the word comrade means a close friend, someone who's on your side, someone who, you know, you can confide in. You need that kind of friend. Without a Christian friend uh, that you can share about and share about your Christian walk, what, what happens is you find out you have no accountability for your Christian walk. You need a Christian friend who can get in your face and challenge you to do the right thing. Amen. Proverbs 27, 17 says this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, what is that all about? You know, when you're sharpening a knife, you need uh, a sharpener is another piece of iron that is coarse and rough, and it helps sharpen that knife, okay? It's iron against iron. And when you have iron against iron, what happens? Sometimes sparks fly. In other words, you may get upset with your friend because they got in your face, or you may be get upset with them because... They're following the Lord, and you're messing up. Guess what? That's supposed to happen. When we, when we start to go astray, those sparks are supposed to fly. That's not the end of the friendship. That's the deepening of the friendship. So allow them, listen to them, and respond to them. You have a responsibility to seek out friends. But don't forget your old friends. Just because you're away at school or just because... You don't go to school with your friend who comes to IFC but is from another state, Olivia and Alexa, <laughs> okay? They communicate with each other. They're always, you know, back and forth. Do the same thing with your, with your friends, even though they may be 700, 1,500 miles away. So as iron sharpens iron... So a friend sharpens a friend. And I charge you, um, uh, uh, not just, parent, not just uh, students, but I charge you parents also to remind your uh, children, your students, that, hey, you have some good friends. Don't neglect them. Yeah. 
you know? Encourage them to keep in contact. Third, third charge, find a group. Find a group. If you are away at college, you need to find a group. And perhaps that group is some of the different um, uh, campus uh, programs, groups that happen. You know, there's uh, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. When I, was, when I went away to graduate school, that was the first thing I looked for. I knew about them. I knew they had, you know, good connections. And I, through that group, I found out about a couple of good, uh, in my case, I was in the Bible Belt for graduate school, so there's churches everywhere. There are even churches on our campus. In fact, I found my wife in church <laughs> that met on campus. And so uh, God has uh, you know, a plan for you to really get connected. It's out there. Um, but find a group. You can create a group, especially if you're in a public school. If you're in a public schools, then many kids don't realize that you're not alone. There are other Christians, but you have to seek them out. You have to find out who they are and where they are. They may not go to your church, okay? Maybe they don't go to your church because their church is in another town or what have you. So you're, so, uh, you're uh, needing to find um, you know, uh, a group, but you can create a group. In fact, I was in one high school where the first day of school, I, I start my Spanish class, you know, asking the kids, you know, what do you do this summer? And in this one year, uh, this one student in front of the whole class said, I had a great time. I went on a mission trip with my church and shared a little bit about that. I, I went to Mexico and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it was great. And so now, as an educator, I'm not allowed to, you know, preach the gospel or share, but I said that was great. And afterward, I let her know, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm glad you said that. And guess what? If you want to start a group in the school, I'll be, one of the, I'll be a, a sponsoring uh, faculty. What? Uh, what she knew and what many kids don't know is that you can start a club of any sort in school and they can't discriminate. So if it's a Christian group, they will provide it if you have enough kids that want to do this. So she gathered a bunch of, of kids together and she was ready to, you know, quote the law and everything, but they were cooperative. They weren't, they weren't against having a group. In fact, the school paid for the faculty to be the advisor because every student group has to have a faculty advisor. Now, I wasn't allowed to preach to the group or teach the Bible to the group because I was a faculty member. But if they asked questions, I could answer the questions. <laughs> so if you have a group... If you have a group, you can bring in a guest speaker who will share with the group. You can have your Christian faculty member uh, share so long as you ask them some questions. Well, what about this? And they can share from the Word of God. Some people call it preaching, 
I just call it answering the student questions. <laughs> so find your group. Acts 4, 23 to 24. And being let go, this was Peter and John healed a man through the power of God in Jesus' name. The authorities brought them in, told them they couldn't preach in the name of Jesus, etc. And after that, they said, well, we're going to do what God says to do. And they left the meeting, and they went and reported to all the chief priests and elders uh, what the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord. Now, here's the thing. They went to their own companions. That's your group. If you have a group, there's someone there that's going to have your back. That's what you need. You need to have a group. If you're feeling like, you know, in you high schoolers, uh, middle schoolers, close your ears, people talking about having sex, and then you can, you know, there's other Christians that are around you that have your back. You don't have to feel like the odd one out. Okay. Uh, then, so I, I charge you Christian teachers and professors. Where are my professors at? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and teachers, I charge you, make yourself known that you're a Christian, you're a Christian teacher, you're a Christian educator, you're a Christian professor, okay? At whatever level, you're an administrator. Let yourself be known. Now, you can't always just, you know, blurt out to the whole thing because then they think you're proselytizing and, and then you end up having this conflict. But if you keep your ears open, God's going to show you who those people are. Amen? Amen? He's going to show you uh, who those students are, and then you can encourage them. We need to encourage them. So I charge you teachers and professors to make yourself known so that you can guide them. Fourth, fourth charge, find a church. You've got to find a good church, and there are a lot of good churches. I know some of you say, there's no church that's as good as my home church, and so you don't go to church. You're away from uh, your home church, and then you don't go to church. What's that all about? Okay, well, guess what? We have two remedies here. One is find out. Ask the pastoral uh, staff. Call this church. Find out. I'm now in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I can't find a good church. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, I go to church at ORU, and I can't find a good church. What? Okay, no. Okay, so I'm at some secular school, state college, whatever, and you're, you're claiming you can't find a good church. Well, maybe you, maybe you legitimately can't find one, but if you call back home, someone can help you to find that. And there are plenty of good churches, but you also have your cell phone, your iPad, your computers, and you can live stream IFC and have the best of the best. So I charge you parents and us as pastors and uh, ministers 
to seek out good churches that we can suggest, okay? You may be a parent and you're friends of uh, an, an adult who has some children. You know they're going off to school and you're encouraging them. Well, encourage them also about churches that, oh, you know, you're going to um, Opscotch, Maine? Well, here's a, here's a good church in Opscotch, Maine. All right. <clears throat> Last one. Final, um, finally, find a cause. You know, many, many times the reasons why we grow cold to the things of God is because we're turned so inward. We, for, we forget that we're put here for a purpose. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. This is the NIV. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and I will and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Listen to the first part of that. For I know the plans I have. God has plans for your life. Amen. Well, I'm only 13. God has plans for your life. Many of the people, amen, many of the people in the scriptures that you see, uh, we see they were called, Paul says, called before the foundation of the world. He didn't say called before I was born, called before the foundation of the, of the world. God knows your name before you were born, before anybody ever thought of you. He thought of you. He has a plan for you, and he wants to do things in and through you, and it's never too young to start. Start now. Some of the big-name uh, ministers uh, that, I, that I know, uh, some of them have gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, 17 years old when God called him to ministry. Uh, or Roberts, 17 years old when God called him to ministry. Uh, uh, Lester Summerall, 17 years old when God called him to ministry. Some, some, of, the, some of these big-name ministers, they have been preaching before they were 17. They were preaching. They were getting people saved. They were, uh, you know, sometimes ministering in big gatherings. I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but if God has a call in your life, find out what it is, and God will show you, and he'll begin preparing you if you'll seek him. He, he has a plan for your life. Look at this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, in the Dr. D version. Almighty God declares, I have a purpose for your life. I know it well. My plans are to bring good to you, not harm you. My plans give you hope for a wonderful future. In order to find out what that purpose is, ask me. I'm listening. Seek me out. I will show you. But ask me with all of your heart. God is already speaking to you. Some of you have heard the voice of God. When I was a teenager and I, was, I had a, a Saturday job 
four hours, Saturday morning. Uh, all I was, I was doing janitorial work, and, all, and at this one point, I was sweeping uh, the stairs down. And as I was sweeping the stairs down, I began thinking about the scripture. Now, I didn't know God had called me to the ministry. And all of a sudden, it's like there's a sermon going on in my head. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm doing that, God was speaking to me. I think I was 15 or 16 years old. When I was 17, I knew that God was calling me to the ministry. I didn't know what, but I just knew he was calling me to the ministry. I said yes, and I followed that plan and purpose for his life. Will you follow that plan and purpose for your life? It may not be. It, it, it's always ministry. Now, I was going to say, oh, maybe you're not called to ministry. No, it's always ministry. We are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. We all have something to do for the Lord. And whatever it is we do for the Lord, it is ministry. Amen. Adults, you too. It is ministry. If you're not serving, then how can you model it for these young ones? You've got to model it too. So if you're not serving, let's get busy for the Lord. Come on. So I charge you Christian adults, you who are families and friends, you who are ministers, model it for the young people so that they will, if you're burning red hot for the Lord, they'll burn red hot for the Lord. Let's close with this before I pray. Let's review. You got to find, because this is where it starts, with your quiet time, spending time with the Lord. And when you're at school, when you're at college, find a good friend. Find a group, a Christian group that you can fellowship with and encourage you. Find a church, connect, stay connected with your home church, and find a cause, a purpose that God will use you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word. Father, we ask that you would minister to these young people, these students, in the name of Jesus. Help them to connect with you in that quiet time. And then from there, build a relationship with you and with others and find their calling and purpose in you. In Jesus' name, amen.